Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Hello, I am Anderson Cowan, and I've got a movie to make, and this is Loaded for Bear, Let's Make This Movie, week 11 of 36 weeks. And today, this week, uh, I'm going to give you guys a little insight for those of you who are listening to this and uh, keeping up. Uh, I have come across a a story, um, a storyline that will definitely, I can't imagine it not making it into the documentary, and that says a lot, because when you're shooting a documentary, you know, you, you do a whole lot of shooting, you cover a whole lot of bases, and uh, primarily for the first six to eight weeks uh, that we've been working on, the, doing production on this, we've, you know, just been covering the class, and, you know, shooting essentially a bunch of B-roll, and B-roll to be pulled from for, you know, voiceover and representation of uh, particular subjects as, you know, we're telling their story, uh, we'll be able to you know, cut to the B-roll, which you see in documentaries all the time. And we're going to be finding various storylines as we move forward. And I perhaps was a bit Pollyannish and naive or just maybe optimistic is the right word. So in thinking that I'd be able, we'd be able to make this thing without one of the tenets, one of the rules in a good documentary that I've identified over my years of you know, watching documentaries and covering documentaries and reviewing documentaries. And, and that is this, um, God, I'm talking a lot of riddles here before I get there, but okay, here we go for a documentary to be good. And I've said this plenty of times publicly, but uh, just to reiterate, uh, you got to have the access, all right. Uh, you got to have the access to your subject. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating with the documentary than when they don't have the access to what they're covering. And it's like on the outskirts and you don't really get a good feel for, for, uh, what, this uh, what the meat of the documentary is obviously we have the access with the born to act players and what we're covering over there uh second you need to have some good animation uh so that you're not just stuck in talking headland um it doesn't have to be necessarily animation but something akin to animation you could do stop motion animation you could do miniatures which i just saw and stan used quite effectively in the, the stanley documentary uh, you can do actual you know animated animation with uh, cartoons and or cgi uh or you know there there's there's other ways of, of going about that and we have uh various ideas on how to do that just to get you, you out of the the talking heads uh, which you know can put you to sleep if you're just watching one talking head say things and then the next talking head say things. So uh, that's part of the formula that I've identified. And then finally, uh, you have to have, and this is the one I'm talking about primarily, the the filmmaker has to have good luck, which in turn is uh, bad luck for uh, the subject quite often, which is fine if you're covering um, an evil corporation, right? Or an evil individual, 
or a bad person or, you know, there's plenty of times where that bad luck could actually be okay. Especially if you're, you know, you're looking at a subject and you think like, think a tickled, right? <laughs> you know, it, there wasn't anything necessarily bad about that subject on the surface, but then you found out that, hey, they are a bad person. And, uh, and that was, that made the documentary fascinating. I was hoping that with this documentary, the Loaded for Bear documentary, we'd be able to uh, continue moving forward and just showing all the, essentially not having an antagonist in the storyline or uh, any real conflict. I, I was, and I, obviously I, we still could do this and I could just not include threads and storylines that are negative, but that there is a story to be told because there's so much positivity from this group. There's so much good stuff. I I could make a puff piece without it even looking like a puff piece because it would still be honest because there's just so much good stuff, if that makes sense. Uh, However, just last week, and I've already talked about this in the producers meeting. uh, So if you're one of those very few people that are part of those meetings, uh, you've already heard me talk about this, but just last week in talking to one of the parents, uh, I realized, well, I was told, I was informed that one of, so we have targets, right? I have targets of the actors that I want to ultimately cast in the narrative feature film, which began, was which was the inciting incident to this entire project. That's how I found this group to begin with, the Born Act Players. Uh, and then I have, so those are obviously be targeted for the documentary itself. And then the documentary has an expanded amount of targets. So there'll be more people, more actors that I'm going to be doing interviews with and kind of focusing in on that aren't going to be offered roles in the the narrative feature, but I want to be, have a larger role in the, in the documentary just because I want you guys and everyone else to get a, a chance to know these, these people. And then there'll be, you know, a number that are kind of, you know, we'll, you'll see them acting and they'll be in the background and whatnot. One of the actors who we've been focusing in on, she's not somebody I was ever going to offer a, a speaking role to because she doesn't really speak. She's very close to catatonic. She speaks a little bit, but she's very close to catatonic. But I've had Mike really focusing in on her. I have seen her make uh, incredible uh, leaps and bounds uh, over the last number of months with the class. And I see her coming out of her shell a little bit, but it's very incremental and you barely notice it. You really have to be paying attention and be there on a regular basis to notice how she has changed. And I'm hoping to capture some of that with all the weeks that we're going to be uh, documenting this. And we'll, we'll be able to see a real difference in this one actor who is progressing and she's going in the right, the right direction. So that was uh, one of the subjects that uh, we've been focusing in on. And her mom approached me last week, it was a week and a half ago now, uh, on my way into the class and she wanted to know how things were going with the documentary and uh, she shared some information with me and it was heartbreaking and kind of shocking because I thought that I understood the situation and it, it was this. Um, this actor that I'm referring to, she I only know her as the very quiet, docile, demure. Like you gotta you gotta really help her into the scenes or onto the stage and she's just she she's there, she's present, but she doesn't wanna be involved really. And it turns out that that's somewhat of a new development and she used to be very outgoing <laughs> very uh, uh, loquacious, would, was, would talk all the time, which I just can't picture with this individual because of the version of her that I know. And evidently, um, it was caused by some form of trauma or maybe a couple different um, exposures to trauma um, in the not too distant past. And uh, that is heartbreaking. And 
I don't know if we'll get to the bottom of exactly what those traumas were, but that said, there's a, the ceiling is much higher than I imagined with this individual uh, for coming out of her shell. And her mom was very forthcoming and wanted to tell her story. So we're, you know, we were already planning on sitting those two down and interviewing them uh, for the camera and for the documentary. But uh, I will be learning more about that, which I find fascinating, heartbreaking and uh, encouraging as far as this part, which is her mom was telling me that the, this acting class that uh, her daughter does weekly has been the 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 one most important thing and they've seen the most positive results from um across the board and she's in therapy and doing all sorts of things uh to you know help get her back on her feet mentally uh but it's the acting class it's mary rings born to act players that really uh provide the most opportunity for her to to get back to a place at least close to where she was so fascinating heartbreaking like i said too many times now but it's that kind of thing which you know i i I love these people i i think of them as family and and it's going to be it's gonna be difficult uh, as a filmmaker you know because i'm so invested in in them and i i I, thinking of them as being in pain and and having horrific things happening to them it's gonna be part of the story but uh yeah that's the first uh it's the first one to fall into into uh, into the storyline thus far. So I'd imagine we're going to get others like that. And I'm kind of uh, beating myself up for being, like I said, so Pollyannish thinking that we could make this nothing but positive. But, I mean, there will still be a positive side to this, uh, especially if she continues to improve. But I just, yeah. Uh, that kind of thing is what's going to be included in this documentary when everything's said and done. And I just wanted to share it with you guys here. Uh, next week on the program... Next week on the program, I'm going to have the one, the only Mike Carano on to uh, discuss his, uh, how he's seen things through his eyes um, as the, the cinematographer and my co-director on this, uh, now that he's been exposed to the, uh, to the group for a couple months. And, uh, you know, ups, downs, goods, bads, ideas for, you know, his ideas for the documentary. Um, so, yeah. That's what we'll be on next week. Uh, about to hop off here and hop on the producers meeting. Uh, little nuggets like this will be shared as we go. Uh, as far as the cast, oh, did it again. Did it again. I'd like to thank Andrew Martin for another uh, contribution that came in just uh, a few days ago. And then I think that's it. Uh, donations, uh, contributions have definitely slowed down. I got one from Anonymous. And then I thanked Michael Kerr and uh, John Gowie. Yeah, so I'm starting to slow down a little bit. Uh, that was to be expected. We're going to, you know, be a little louder with it. Uh, as of right now, we got runway, so I'm not panicking and I'm not going out there and, you know, saying, please help. But we might get, you know, have to do more of that. We'll be doing that through the socials as we cut scenes together and show more of, uh, the actual class that we're documenting here and give people a better idea of what, what their dollars would be going towards. Uh, as far as the casting goes, could have led with that as well. Uh, but not a whole lot of news on the front. There is some interesting stuff, and I'll probably know more after the producers' meeting that's coming up here in 20 minutes, but I can tell you that uh, a couple of the actors that I really want for the narrative feature film, the scripted feature, uh, have shown interest, real keen interest, and are well aware of our would-be narrative feature film now, and they said, hey, let's talk about that once you have some financing in place or when you're talking about that, they weren't able to commit to the short as of right now. Uh, everyone has either not gotten back to us or n- said that they don't have it in their schedule uh, to do the short. And we have a couple things working against us. One, the we, we set this all up thinking that the SAG after strike would be happening by now and they would be feeling workaholics would really like 
be saying, I want to get out there and do something. I want to do a project. I want, uh, there's a lot of actor working actors who don't feel like they're alive unless, you know, like comedians who don't feel alive unless they're on, on stage. There are a lot of working actors don't feel happy. Like they're, they're Zen places being on set with the lights and, and all that. So we're hoping to afford them that opportunity uh, once the strike happens, because we are able to um, continue even though there's a strike, that's a couple of things that were carved out where, like I said last week, the shorts, micro budget features and um, student films. So hope to afford them an, a great opportunity to work with and, and with a very uh, unique um, project on a very unique project, as well as just, you know, get back on set with, you know, lights, camera, action, all that stuff. I don't think they've, uh, the, the strike has been pushed a little bit, so it looks like it's not going to happen for a couple of weeks. And, you know, people, it's summertime. So that's another thing we're up against. You know, people already have summer plans. A lot of shows are already on hiatus. And the actors who don't need to work, we're already planning on not, you know, acting for a little while. So we're coming up against that. But I'm really encouraged to hear uh, feedback from the actual subjects uh, or targets, you know, actors that we ultimately want uh, down the road. So it's, it's, I think it's really laying a lot of great, uh, Railroad ties. Is that something? Runway work. It's, it's, it's laying uh, a, a path to getting these guys. And then the whole game then, once we're farther down the, the road with the actual feature, a narrative feature, you get a name that's like a verbal attachment. And that goes a long way. And then they're like, oh, this person knows about this and wants to be a part of it. Okay, my client might too. Let me get back to you. That kind of, so that game, we're playing that game. We're making the moves. All right, uh, Mike Carano and I will talk to you next week. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Loadedforbeardoc.com, loadedforbeardoc.com if you would like to be uh, a part of this. And uh, thanks for listening and being a part of it in that way. Bye.